Jessica, I've got great news. Okay. You're going to be excited. <laughs> They've got a cure ready for COVID-19? <laughs> no, but even better. <laughs> okay. We're leaving California. We're moving to Ohio. What? It's, it's going to be amazing. Do you know all the amazing stuff they have there? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Mrs. Hippopotamus's Water Park. Otter it's Park. not a real place. And the Drew Carey Show Museum. <laughs> That's why I'm moving us there. I got a job at the Drew Carey Show Museum. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. For the time being, still located here in sunny LA. <laughs> Do you remember on King of the Hill? No, you wouldn't remember this because you didn't watch King of the Hill until like years into its run. Yeah. But in like the first three or four seasons, there was this thing where they were like, we're moving the setting of King of the Hill to Los Angeles. I think I might have played you. There's like promos on YouTube that were saved of this at the time because oh, okay. it was never in the show. And it was all a ruse. It was right. all a joke. They were actually specifically parodying. Hank Hill would never leave. Well, Texas. no. Yeah, that's the thing is the show would never. Why would they move the setting of the show <laughs> right. to Los Angeles? It doesn't make any sense. Now. But this is only the third season or something like that. So people didn't really know that the show could never do that. Right. It was a I think it was a parody of the real life thing where the X-Files had moved its filming location from Vancouver to Los Angeles. Oh, and there was gotcha. a big outcry in the fan community because gotcha. people were like, you're taking the jobs from Vancouver and Vancouver looks like the X-Files and all that stuff. So they, for an animated show, they made up this fake storyline right. only in the commercials. I get it. That were moving the show to Los Angeles. And then they didn't. I think you can see some of those promos still online. But it, again, this was not in the show at all. So, Man, that was pretty early for the like resurrect film in California movement. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're talking about we're we're not really moving to Ohio. <laughs> no, no. Good lord, no. I mean, no offense if you live in Ohio. Or yeah, but hey, once the pandemic, who's from Ohio? <laughs> once the pandemic's over, who knows? Oh, right. <laughs> so we're talking about Mrs. Hippopotamuses, and uh, we do have some top of the show business. Oh, okay. We have a voicemail from. David Ketch. Nice. And I always can't find my Google Voice app. When you stopped after David, I like was sitting on the edge of my seat Who like, which be? one? <laughs> I should always just leave it up <laughs> to fate. Like we have a message from a David and then some new David that we've never heard of. So here's the voicemail. Oops, I'm airplaying it to the TV. <laughs> yeah, you just turned it back on. I had it off. Oops. Oh, now the airplay thing showed up. Hello, Daniel and Jessica. This is David Catch. Just wanted to call because I uh, to clear things up. First of all, Daniel, when you said Lagwagon was the worst band you saw that day, were you saying that they were they sounded bad, or were you just saying that they just were pretty bad on stage, like no energy and 
Or there's something wrong with, like, the, I don't know, sound system, maybe? So, yes. Yes, so, Danny. The, the, it was recently May 16th, which is la- the name of Lagwagon's biggest song. You know that David Ketch was serious because he called you Daniel. Uh-oh, I'm <laughs> Dan- in trouble. <laughs> Danny only gets called Daniel when he's in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, I always forget, and I, I remembered recently, because when he sent us a Patreon message, but David Ke- David Ketch... I gotta ask him. What's the? That's not his real last name. Don't really know. And we've talked about this, especially with like you can see my socks and everyone. That whatever name, whatever name you message me from is the name I'm gonna call you. So anyway, that's not his real last name. So if I get mad at him, I'll call him by his real last name. <laughs> no. So on May 16th, I posted a meme because May 16th is the name of Lagwagon's biggest song, and it's also the day that. MXPX's Ever Passing Moment came out and it just happened to be the 20th anniversary. So I did a meme, an MXPX meme of like, it's May 16th. Oh, and in the Lagwagon song, it's May 16th and the lyrics say it's a Saturday. And that's what it was this year. Nice. So I made this thing where it was like um, Taylor Swift and Kanye and Kanye West interrupting her, where it's like Kanye West represents it's the MXPX's 20th anniversary for that album. And then Taylor Swift is Lagwagon memes because it's May 16th and a Saturday. Okay. So there's that. Then David left a comment on that MXPX meme saying, I once called into a podcast and told them about Benjamin Lagwagon, <laughs> who's my favorite band. And the host, host proceeded to say that they were <laughs> the worst band he'd ever seen, which is not what I said. <laughs> And I'm glad he called in because then I messaged back as MXPX memes publicly and said, I did not say they were the worst band I've ever seen. So yes, the, he, he, David just asked in the voicemail. They did not sound bad. The songs sounded great. It sounded like the songs, but it was the fact that the only time I've seen Lagwagon was at It's Not Dead Fest 2015. And it was just the most boring, boring performance of the night. They the just, thing about It's Not Dead Fest, though, was that the sound was so messed up. They like it sounded fine to me. <laughs> they had oh no, they don't you remember? They, it was, had, they I think had a it was ton strung, of problems really early I think it in was the day. Strung, I think it was strung out when they came out on stage. I could be wrong if it was them or not, but someone came out and for the first five minutes, all you heard was like bass and drums, and they were like something's wrong, <laughs> and then they had to basically shut down and fix it, and then everything sounded good again. But do you know what you want to not do? Though, if you happen to run a music festival, don't get a bunch of punks in the hot sun in all black <laughs> angry because they don't take the sound not sounding good very well. I thought most of the bands, all the bands that I was most there for sounded fine to me. So yeah. I don't know. But no, Lagwagon sounded fine. They were, the four headliners were uh, Bad Religion, Pennywise, The Descendants, and No Effects. And Lagwagon, I'm pretty sure, was just like just outside of that four the giant four headlining lineup. Lagwagon was like the last before those four played. So point is, it's just that they put on like the most lackluster show. But the sound, the song sounded great to me. And I like Lagwagon a lot. And I guess we need to play the rest of his voicemail. But it was when I was editing that episode where I mentioned how I, I did not enjoy that Lagwagon show. It was mm-hmm. just like watching them practice or right. they were just or like playing the CD and there happened to be some guys up on stage. It's like when you go to a Lana Del Rey show just post <sighs> honeymoon and like all she does is come out. She stands in the middle of the stage, still sings all the songs and, and then leaves. leaves. Yeah. 
That was like what Live Iron was selling. But, right? but that's what you want from Lana Del Rey. If you're me, since she <laughs> yes. added all this extra like production to it, I'm like, no, this isn't the same. She should just come out and be melancholy. And that's what's beautiful about her music. Well, what, Lagwagon, how did we get onto Lana Del Rey? Lagwagon is definitely for fans of Lana Del Rey. That's for sure. <laughs> we got on this because David mentions his feelings about Lagwagon. Also, uh, yeah, so Devastation and Reform was the first song that I paid attention to. I remember a specific situation where uh, I was listening to Reliant K in the car with my friends, but I didn't know who they were. Or I, I did know who they were, but I just wasn't really paying attention to them back then. And so I, I don't remember what song it was, but I was like, hey, is this New Sound Glory? And my friend that was driving, she said, no, this is Reliant K. And I was like, oh, huh. And I... I didn't pay attention because uh, I would have remembered what song it was, but I don't remember what song it was. So, yeah, you're right. Just to clear that up. All right. Have a good one, guys. So that clears up his previous voicemail where he mentioned Devastation Reform is the song that got him into Reliant K, but he'd heard some Reliant K before, but he just wasn't paying attention. I totally get that. Um, But then he called back to, and it's in the second voicemail where he says this, and this is what I wanted to comment on. Me too, real quick. Uh, specifically Daniel. I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> Listen up, Daniel. Lagwagon is my favorite band. Uh, if it wasn't for Lagwagon, I wouldn't really have gotten into music. And if I didn't really get into music, I really wouldn't be listening to your podcast. So Lagwagon is like the head, I guess, of of my whole love for music. So how dare you have a different opinion about my favorite band other than my my opinion. So have a good one. Yeah, Daniel Lagwagon. <laughs> you, now, when I bleep that, it'll just maybe it'll just sound like you said sucks. I know. <laughs> I thought about that as I was saying it. <laughs> um, no, so I definitely like Lagwagon. Like they're not. I would. They're definitely not my favorite band. But there are a lot of bands like Fat Wreck bands that. I like very much that aren't my favorite bands but no again just talking about their performance that night in terms of their energy they were they're fun and and it was like sitting there listening to one of their cds but they happened to be playing live so i guess if i I enjoyed the songs for what that was it was just like i was just standing there and they're they're just kind of standing there so i didn't mean to and it's funny in the episode that this goes back to specifically he mentions Lagwagon. He didn't say they were his favorite band, but I just give that anecdote about how Lagwagon was sort of the more boring show that night and then I say, "Sorry to any Lagwagon fans out there." And it wasn't until we were editing and finishing the episode I'm like, "Oh, like the I thought this to myself. I'm like, "Oh, like David who left the voicemail." But that's cool that Lagwagon is his like the head of his musical family tree or the root of his personal musical family tree like for me that would be they might be giants and for you that would be the spice girls (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, i'm trying to think if there was like a band per se that really got me into like music outside of just listening to whatever was popular on radio disney at the time um I don't know, because I just listen to a lot of soundtracks and stuff. Maybe Reliant K? I don't know. Uh, the the artist that made me start listening to music differently mm-hmm. was, unfortunately, Lana Del Rey. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, there's all that. 
I'm still in a lot of pain from my back. <laughs> Poor Danny. I was trying not to mention it, but I'm still in a lot of pain from my back. I took him to the chiropractor for the first time today. That oh, was yeah. fun. That was fun. It was like, oh, they really did crack my neck. It was yeah. pretty scary. <laughs> I wasn't. He just grabs my head and it's like crack. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> felt good. Yeah. How, how it works. If you're thinking about chiropractics, do it. It's great. Yeah. It's probably, as we mentioned last week, it's probably not a sci- sciatica 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 get it no it's not a sciatic sciatic nerve mm-hmm. it's probably not that he yeah. said because it's not in my legs it's just this like lump of muscle in my back and it hurts like hell so i'm in no condition to go to the water park <laughs> or ride the roller coasters the roller coasters. Over holiday yeah <laughs> so instead of doing that i guess we can just talk about the song mrs hippopotamuses oh other top of the show Uh-oh, or news. not <laughs> is that New stickers came in today. Our new Sadie Hawkins pod stickers arrived. So if you are a patron at any tier, you get stickers. Yes. So head over to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins. I think it's Sadie Hawkins pod dot patreon.com. Listen to whatever Sadie Hawkins pod dot patreon.com. Nice. You can sign up. Everyone gets stickers. Most people get free episodes. Yeah. It's good Um, stuff. Which, speaking of, that was the other top of the show business, and this also goes to David, is that we posted finally our first, like, Patreon-exclusive Gay for Karaoke episode, which was Baby, the Justin Bieber cover, and we barely talked about the song, because we wanted to, because every other Patreon episode we've done, we go in with no notes, we just kind of, like, shoot off the hip, and we're like, oh, we'll do that for this. Like, no preparation. (laughs) That wasn't the best idea. Because we end up just talking about that Justin Bieber documentary we watched the whole time. Which, in hindsight, and then David messaged us on Patreon and said, I think Danny might be a secret believer. Because all he talks, (laughs) he just talks about Justin Bieber. (laughs) But it was more like, that's all the all the preparation we did for the episode was watching that Justin Bieber documentary. So it's all we talk about. So I was like, yeah. we should have actually, you know, listened to the song more and taken some notes on the we song. We thought it would be fun to do a live deep dive in the episode. But it didn't really didn't pull really, anything didn't up. didn't really work out, so. So we're going to redo that episode. So <laughs> and over future formats will be a little closer yeah. to this one, although I'm sure we'll still go off topic. So over on Patreon, we're going to come out with a second part of our baby Justin Bieber cover discussion where we actually talk about the song. Yeah, so extra episodes this month. Yes. And now... Mrs. Hippopotamus. Okay, we can talk about Mrs. Hippopotamus. <laughs> we should have done this podcast episode on February 15th because that's National Hippo Day. Oh. Well, why didn't you say something then? Because <laughs> I didn't know until I did my deep dive this week. Um, yeah, this this song is the most excited I've ever been about Ohio. <laughs> right? You don't like water chestnuts? Well, I mean... That's not where water chestnuts are from. It's just Ohio it's, has the, the, the flavor. flavor. I'm saying you don't like water chestnuts if you don't like Ohio. I do like water. Well, I, I like a nice water chestnut in my like Chinese food every yeah, now so and then. Yeah, so you like a little bit of Ohio. Yeah. So this that's what I think of when I the first few times I heard this song was I'm like it's a stark contrast like ten years apart when he's like, oh Ohio's not the best and it's not crazy but it's I'm singing this in the reverse order and he's like Hawaii. Uh, and hoops, I did it again. Hawaii has the flavor. Hawaii has the flavor. I have a, macadamia a back nut. injury. In <laughs> hoops, I did it again. When he's like, Ohio has the flavor of a water chestnut. It's not too crazy, and it's not the best. But it's like now it's a stark contrast. Where he's like, Yeah, nothing better than knowing where you come from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice little love letter to to home to home. Yeah, yeah. this is their Jenny from the block. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess so. He's still Natty. Because no matter where, I, yeah. Because no matter where I go, I know where I came from. Right. Yeah. Wait a second. Whoa, was that J Lo in here for a second? <laughs> hey, you have the same initials as Jennifer Lopez. Oh yeah. <laughs> Never realized. J Lee. J La. J La. That would be right? your name. <laughs> Whatever. Sometimes I forget my last name's Leary now. Oh, <laughs> it's not that you forget; it's that you're getting prepared. Yeah, for when you leave me. Oh, so this is the only song that thus far I've put into Google that I didn't need to add Reliant K to. Right, like this. This is the, a only very... the Reliant K song comes yeah. up when you when you look this up. Yeah, it's a very. Uh... Um, you ha- Danny keeps tying his shirt. He's got. I'm making a back brace. <laughs> you look like Daisy Duke. Well, yeah, I tied my shirt around <laughs> my hips because I'm basically making an impromptu back brace. That's good stuff. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to make fun of your back brace. That's <laughs> okay. So yeah, this is a very um, proprietary song title. Like, there's nothing else called Mrs. Hippopotamuses. No. No. <laughs> So this song kind of straddles the line between literal Tyson and metaphorical Tyson because right. it's a little bit of both. Oh, I have something else I meant to mention. Do you remember speaking of Patreon when we talked when we did our listen through of the greatest picks final? Yes. And we read an, an iTunes review from someone named Yo Mama. Do you remember that? Yeah. That turned out to be Brady. No. And when he spelled, when I was like, he spelled literal wrong. I didn't know it was Brady, but he's like, he spelled literal wrong. Well, apparently there's like a homophone for literal that also means like something that's sea bound. The way he spelled literal meant like Ah. something that's of the sea or something like that or something that likes the beach. I don't remember. (laughs) So anyway, sorry, I sidetracked with I need to, speaking of needing to make notes, I need to make notes of the top of the show business. So we're not just (laughs) sprinkling it in. So yeah, this song, I love this song. I think this is a great song. I love it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's it's super a lot of fun. And the thing is, I don't care about sports that much, but you don't have to care about sports. But it's a it's a bonus to me because as I found in a couple of live videos that I watched, when he's like, This song's about the Cleveland Browns, people are like, Boo! Boo <laughs> Yeah, I guess you would if you're into to football. Yeah. yeah. There's, well, I think they played in Cincinnati one night when the song was brand new. Like, I don't even think Air for Free was out yet. And he's like, oh. here's a new song. It's about it's about growing up here in Ohio. And everyone's like, yay. And it's like, it's about the Cleveland Browns. We were like, boo. Oh, what's the Cincinnati team? I don't know. That's a sports question. Why would <laughs> I, I know gonna, that? I was going to say the Reds, but I think that's baseball. There's more than one kind of sport? <laughs> wow. <laughs> amazing Uh, yeah something every day (laughs) i love 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 the tune to this song it's like so fun and i love that little like salsa flair it has in the intro that like Mm -hmm. thing okay i love that (laughs) i like how it's 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 like it's it feels like an it's not a ska song at all but i feel like you could very easily pivot this into a ska cover and i yeah. wish i had found someone doing a ska cover so people out there who record music come on make a ska cover of mrs hippopotamuses that'd be awesome um one thing i also like about this song is i feel like production wise this song is perfect 
Like, I would really like to see Mark Lee Townsend do one of those YouTube videos he's done recently where he yeah. opens up the stems of the songs. Yeah. He's done that for um, Savannah, and he did that for um, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Now We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Um, Sleigh Ride? No. No. <laughs> it's one of the songs we've done already, and now I have to, and it's one of their biggest, it's one of their top four Christmas songs. I miss the Christmas songs. Should we do Christmas in July? Oh, yeah. Well, we have to do 12 Days of Christmas. That's right. He did one where he opened up the stems of 12 Days of Christmas. But, yeah, we're supposed to... We're going to do a Christmas song before... Long before Christmas because we need to if we're going to get through them all. Just like the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, the the production of this song is just so full and lush and fun. Especially, like, all the instrumentation. Because when you hear the live versions, like, it still sounds like the song. But it's so elevated by the production. Yeah. It, this do, is, it does feel a little like it's lacking when you listen to the live version. Right. It's, because a, it's, it's a slightly different kind of song. Yeah. This song thrives as a studio song with the production that they put behind it. And um, which is totally opposite, I feel, of a couple of songs we've done recently, like Devastation and Reform and uh, the one we did last week. <laughs> More than useless. Yeah. Which, even though production-wise on those albums, they sound really cool, that's a sound that was very easy to emulate live. So the live videos, like Lagwagon sounding exactly like the CD, in those cases, those songs just sound like the CD. But they can't emulate this full sound of Mississippopotamus as live. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's the same song, it's the same melody, but it's not the same track when you hear it live. And that's fine, but I'm just saying this song production-wise is so cool with the, those like gang vocals at the beginning with the, everyone singing the the, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns like chant. That's apparently what that is. Yeah, I figured that out watching YouTube videos because there's one YouTube video where they played it. I think for the first time. It doesn't say that in the video, but it seems like it's their first time playing it publicly. And when he mentions the Cleveland Browns, a bunch of people in the audience start and go start doing the chant. Oh, not the, not the OHIO, the here we go, brownies, here we go, woo, woo. They start doing that in the crowd before they've, anyone's heard the song. Nice. And then someone in the YouTube comments was like, amazing that they knew the lyrics before they'd ever heard the song. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I love the in, the, in those gang vocals with all those people, I love that it feels like, I don't know if Mark Lee Townsend or whoever mixed the album was kind of playing around with it because each time they come back to the OHIO, here we go, brownies, here we go, you hear different voices in there each time. It's not like they recorded a whole bunch of voices and just matched them all the same. You hear, like, there's some, there's a, there sounds like there's a girl or two at, in the, the first time they do it, but you don't hear those girls the second time, but they're probably in there, but they've been brought down. So it feels like all the gang vocals are kind of, like each individual person is kind of coming up and slightly going down as they go. So it sounds more lush and full. Like there's not just one uniform sound, you know what I mean? Of one uniform sound of one group of people singing it. It makes it feel more alive and more like you're really, like if you were walking through a stadium while everyone's singing that, you'd pick up different voices as you're going along. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. And then, um, yeah, it's just a really, it's a fun, cool song. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, it's definitely a favorite off of, I mean, out of all their discography, but definitely out of Air for Free. And it's 
we were saying that this doesn't sound quite the same live mm-hmm. and that it's lacking. Right. It's the opposite of how I feel about the song Air for Free, which oh, right. is where I prefer you feel, it live. You feel it's yeah, really because, overproduced exactly. on the album and that live it sounds more organic yeah. and more enjoyable for you. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I hope someday Mark Lee Townsend can open up the pro tools for this and like show us all the stuff that's going on in there. Cause remember the one for Savannah? It's like there's either you yes. playing trash can lids yeah. and stuff. This just sounds so this Mississippopotamus is sounds so full. I'm like, what, what all is happening in there? Yeah, I'd love to know. Cause there's definitely extra instruments yeah. and that, that part that is like that do 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 part is something else that they don't do live. Right. They just skip over that part. Like they do a little bit of it like with the guitars and then at the further they get in when they do it again, when it comes up later in the song, they just skipped past it in the official live uh, version that's right. on the the uh, vinyl and, and they the recently added to, album, yeah. yeah, streaming. Because uh, I guess we talked about that, but yeah, this, this is the first song in a while that's on one of the live albums. And those live, and since then, the, both live albums were put together into one and released on all the streaming sites. And just called Reliant K Live, not Reliant K Live 2016 and Reliant K Live 2009 like they were on the vinyls. So yeah, we'll get to that live version later and see how that compares. Um, whenever he, at the beginning and he's like, is like uh, when he goes, oh, <laughs> you know, earlier in the song, I can't think of it now that I said it. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah. I always I didn't realize he and we're gonna talk about the lyrics later, but I didn't realize the first words are I owe it owe it to ya owe it to when he yeah I owe it to oh ya. I owe it to ya when I know I just thought he was going ow <laughs> and I was like I always thought it was like Christopher Walken he's like ow there's nothing better Christopher Walken notable Ohioan sure no I don't know just kidding I don't know where he's shaking your head. There aren't any official lyrics listed anywhere for this song. Right. We looked in our CD. Yeah. We looked in the CD. We looked in the vinyl. I looked it up online. And a couple different lyric sites list the lyrics differently. And so there's been a lot of debate online about certain lyrics. Right. So the lyrics that seem to, like, spark debate the most are... Someone singing along with rivers, ain't so you say, which refers to say it ain't, ain't so, so right. by Weezer. Right. And then Mrs. Hippopotamus's Otter Water Park admission. Right. Is another one. Yeah, where... I just I just always gave that up. I'm like, I'm never gonna know what he's singing there. So yeah, and Matt Hoops tweeted. Yes, yeah, I was trying to <laughs> sorry. I was trying to pull that Did up. Did you in find my there notes. was a Reddit post where everyone's debating the lyrics of the yes, song? Did you find I that? Did, yeah. yeah. I found that. So in on um in June 21st, 2016, so we're quickly coming up on the four-year anniversary of this tweet, Matt Hoop says the the words are rivers, say it ain't so, Weezer reference. Oh, he's saying both. He's saying, sorry, I should read where it says, Valerie Lorman asked Hoops two questions in Mrs. Hippo's, what is it said at 103 after someone's singing along with, and what is it said at 208 after Mrs. Hippopotamus? And then he says it's singing along with Rivers, Say It Ain't So, Weezer reference, and then Otter Water Park admission. So, <laughs> Followed by Dash, I think question mark, ha. Huh? Uh, <laughs> well, that's what he thinks then. So, yeah. <laughs> it's still not completely cleared up, but This yeah. is H canon, but it's not T canon. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> remember like Star Wars? You remember that? Did you ever know about that? I mean, you were a bigger Star Wars nerd than me, but this is something I know of. Before Disney bought it, you would discuss Star Wars canon. There was G canon, which is anything that George Lucas put into the canon mm-hmm. was the topmost canon. It was called G canon. Right. And then there was, I don't remember the other ones anymore, but like B canon for books or yeah. like. Because there's books, there's comics, there's so much. There's the TV shows, there's, right. yeah. T canon might have been TV shows. But yeah, we should talk, when we talk about things that we know and we don't know for sure from the band, this is H canon for hoops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the line that I always misheard was, I'm watching Generation 2 grow up and graduate. I right. always thought it was, I've watched two generations grow up and graduate. Which Matt Thiessen is like 39 or 40 now, so either either way it makes sense. It's basically the same thing. Like the generation he was part of has grown up and graduated, and now a second generation has grown up and graduated. Right. But how many grad how many generations are would be in a graduation? Because there's a graduation every year. So a generation would include like five, ten years? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> how how Google how long is a generation? And does that mean like Gen X versus millennials versus Gen Z. Right. Like, is it less about the years and is it more about like how society changes? A generation is all of the people born and living at about the same time regarded collectively. It can also be described as the average period generally blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm already bored. <laughs> um, generational theory, generational attention, list of named generations. Uh, yeah, but it's not really giving me... I feel like it must be about, like, 10 years or something. Yeah, because, But I'm not like, getting an answer from Wikipedia. Thanks a lot, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, they would have been <laughs> uh, 80, right? So 80, yeah. that's... Is that still Gen X, or is that millennial considered? Gen X, I still have it I up. I think so it's I Gen look. X. Gen X is anyone born from 65 to 80, there you go. So that's about twenty. That's about fifteen years. No, so they're at yeah, the very they're at the very tail end of Gen X. Right, and millennials are anyone born from the early eighties to the early two thousands, and the exact year is up for debate. That's so again, such it's a about long span of time, right. though. So it's about. It seems like generations are about fifteen to twenty years. Mm-hmm. Boomers are well. Boomers are just short of twenty years because that's forty six to sixty four. The silent generation is 28 to 45, so that's thir- that's um, 17 years. So yeah, it's like it kind of goes back and forth. The greatest generation is pretty long. They were from 01 to 27, so they were 26 hmm. years. The lost generation is 83 to 1900. Is that anyone who can remember when Lost was on the air? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. So yeah, I guess... I don't understand the reference to I'm watching Generation 2 because that, that mean, yeah, what does that mean? That means the generation after him or that means two generations out from his generation because if a generation is generally 10 to 15 years, if he graduated. Yeah, I thought he just meant like I've watched Generation 2, the next generation. Now, wait a second. Didn't Thiessen graduate in 1998 as we discerned from... What, what have you been doing lately? <laughs> yes. So he graduates in about 1998. This song is ready in 2015. They're performing in 2015. So that's 17 years. So that's about a generation. So he so must be referring to the, the generation next, yeah. after him. Yeah. Okay. He's, if there weren't two generations, 
in between. He's not saying... No, I when I thought he meant I've seen two generations grow up and graduate, I thought he meant like his generation and the one after it. Gotcha. So like I've watched Gen Xers and uh, millennials grow up and graduate right. now. Right, right. Makes or sense. something. Something yeah. along those lines. Until we get into the... Until we learn the T canon, <laughs> we'll just have to assume. This is S, This is SHP canon. This is whatever we discuss. <laughs> yeah. S canon. Wouldn't Schneck be S canon? Oh, darn it. Yeah. Well, I guess we're P canon because we're pod. <laughs> there you go. I don't want to... Hawkins is too odd. Pod canon could just be yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, this song is also like I was saying with the along with the like lush production, it's also lyrically incredibly lush. Like there's mm-hmm. so much going on in this, and you're right, it's between literal Tyson and metaphorical Tyson. That he's they're not giving you he's not giving you for the whole song one specific image to place in your head, but he's giving you little kernels of specifics mixed in with these very lyrical flourishes like generation two grow up and graduate and the the tongue twister of mrs hippopotamus's otter water park admission yeah. <laughs> which apparently isn't even a real place it's something he made up nope. or something yes yeah. we'll get into that in a minute because okay. this was probably my biggest deep dive ever because right. i went through a speaking bunch of the lyrics and googled individual things <laughs> speaking of lost and all these mysteries to be uncovered <laughs> So diving into the lyrics, Sandusky is actually an hour and 51 minutes away from Canton. Oh. <laughs> Not 45 minutes away. And it's about an hour from both Cleveland and Toledo. Oh, wow. Um, it is home to Cedar Point, the theme park, uh, which is best known for its roller coasters. So that's probably like the park admission that is sort of in question. Right. And also Sandusky is or was known in its earlier days as a big summertime uh, vacation spot as it sits on Lake Erie, which is also brought up. I really thought that, and I've maintained this for years until I did my deep dive and I uncovered nothing about this, but that the the line Sandusky summertime is 45 minutes away. Uh-huh. I thought that was like a Sandusky tourism board thing. Like I thought that maybe they saw, you know, TV commercials or there were billboards up or something that was like said like Sandusky summertime, 45 minutes away. Like uh-huh. how growing up we always had the commercials for texas it's like a whole nother country right. like we had those all the time so i thought it was something like that or we also had there are these if you lived and like anywhere i think on the east coast you got these commercials for kissimmee st cloud mm-hmm. which was like it was for the resort that was there and they made it sound like Semi St. Cloud area was like the place to be. You could get to everything in Orlando so easily. No. Like, Kissimmee itself is right next to Disney World, but St. Cloud is, like, way out, like, kind of in the boonies. So you're really far from everything. And they were trying to tell you that, like, you were centrally located in Kissimmee St. Cloud from Universal and Disney and, like, this and that. And I'm like, no, that geographically makes no sense whatsoever. So I thought it was kind of one of those things where it was like, oh, come to Sandusky summertime. It's 45 minutes away. Right. But, but yeah, no, I scoured like it. YouTube and stuff and couldn't find anything. So. No. Did you look at Genius? <laughs> I did look at Genius. <laughs> you looked at all those annotations? I, Was it like, I O-H-I-O, these letters spelled the word Ohio. <laughs> 
which Reliant K is from. No, I just looked into the lyrics where there was like any sort of question, like trying to figure out what Mrs. Hippopotamus is was a reference to. And like if there was an otter water park and that sort of thing. Right. There is uh, something called Otter Run, which is a slide at the Great Wolf Lodge water park in Sandusky. Oh, okay. And then as far as hippos are concerned, there's a hippo cove, and that's at the Cincinnati Zoo, but it opened in 2016, so oh. that kind of scratch, scratches that off. Um, and But Fiona seems to be like a really popular slash famous hippo that they have there. Okay. I don't know. I think she has a camera on her right now that you can, so you can still visit her during oh, quarantine. Okay. Um, and yeah, but she, she was born in like 2017. And I don't know if BB was there before, but she was born in 1999 in St. Louis. So I don't know if there was a different kind of hippo cove at the Cincinnati Zoo or not prior to then. Um, I also found there's a yawning hippo statue in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, it belongs to Mr. Dump Services. You said the word yawning and it made me yawn. <laughs> I'm a yawning hippo. So I found this through RoadsideAmerica.com. Uh, it says, home-built hippo stands beside the road with an open mouth and weird red blood zombie-like eyes. Uh. And here's a look at that. Danny. Oh, yeah. That's horrifying. <laughs> it looks like the kind of thing you would see at, like, a super off-brand looks, mini golf course. <laughs> yeah. It looks gothy. <laughs> it does. Because its mouth is black. And, and its just, eyes are it, red and it's got black eyeliner yeah. and earring. <laughs> So it says, Yawning Hippo, a business in Springfield, has a Yawning Hippo statue at its entrance. Mr. Dump Services supplies waste material containers to construction sites and businesses. The the big concrete hippo at the entrance looks like it is going to eat the construction materials. Thank you. Sign Man Joe from 2017 submitted this. I was going to say that the hippo looks gothy. Maybe it once believed in the truth, but now it believes in sin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that must be this must be what that lyric is based off of Danny this is Mrs. Hippopotamus Mrs. Hippopotamus <laughs> this was his girlfriend he was probably a little boy and he was like I love this hippo and then one day they painted it with blood red eyes and he's like it's been taken over by Satan well that reminds me that's something I was going to say my possible theory about these odd references to places and things in Ohio that don't seem to exist Right? Like, this this Sandusky summertime is 45 minutes away. I mean, Sandusky exists, but it's mm-hmm. not... From where is it 45 minutes away? Nowhere that we know of from what the band... Where the band has lived. Yeah. And Mrs. Hippopotamus, this water park, otter water park admission. Two theories I have. Either he just made them up because he thought they sounded, like, fun to sing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this will be fun to sing on the record and fun to sing live. I like this. It just sounds cool. Or sometimes when you're a kid... And you have memories of a place, you kind of mix them up. You think it was called something else, or you later find, you you kind of conflate multiple things in your memory. Maybe you conflate multiple places in your memory, or you think drives are longer or shorter than they actually were when once you're an adult. There's a um, They Might Be Giant song that kind of touches on this concept, and it's um, Purple Toupee, where... I don't need to get into all the lyrics, but he's basically like talking about being a little kid in the tail end of the 60s and the whole like 
social revolution that was happening in the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And how he, but he was a little tiny kid and all these giant historic moments were happening around him, but he was barely comprehending it. So he like takes the names of all of these like important 60s moments and purposely mashes them up like Malcolm X, (laughs) he says at one point. And he's like, there were Chinese people fighting in the park. We tried to help them. It's like basically like Vietnam and and the March at Selma and all of these different 60s things that he didn't understand. And if you listen to the song, he's mishmashing mm. the names of these things or like com- or like confusing you on what he thinks is going on. Right. So I thought maybe it's a similar thing. It was like you're a kid and you go to some water park that could be called like Ocean View Water Park, but there is a hippo there and yeah. you think it's called Mrs. Hippopotamus. Mrs. Hippopotamus, Hi- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could totally be Or that. you just have a family nickname for it. Yeah. And you think your whole life that it's called that and you find out later, oh no, it wasn't called that. It was called I want to go to the right Otter Water Park because there's like otters, you know, yeah. painted otters or whatever. That's right. the Otter Water Park. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and so then the Cuyahoga River Fire was a historical event that happened in 1969. And apparently it sparked, like, pop songs and lit the imagination of an entire nation, according to this article I found. <laughs> something like that happened in Boston. It was the, uh, not caramel. I re- remind everyone, just remind everyone, I'm in horrible back pain. Molasses. <laughs> there was a molasses flood in Boston. Do you know oh, about that? No. Which sounds ridiculous, but people were drowned and killed. Like a molasses factory what? in whatever year, in like the early 1900s or wow. the, 1800, the late 1800s, wow. a molasses factory exploded and molasses poured down the street and people were killed by molasses. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Death by molasses, yikes. Too soon? <laughs> Too soon. Um So it says the story of the Cuyahoga River Fire of 1969, the event that sparked pop songs, lit the imagination of an entire nation and badly tarnished a city's reputation, is built more on myth than reality. Yes, an oil slick on the Cuyahoga River polluted from decades of industrial waste caught fire on Sunday morning in June 1969 near the Republic Steel Mill, causing about $100,000 worth of damage to two railroad bridges. Initially, the fire drew little attention, either locally or nationally. The 69 fire was not even the first time that the river burned. Dating back to the beginning of the 20th century, the river had caught fire on several other occasions. (laughs) The picture of the Cuyahoga River fire on fire that ended up in Time magazine a month later, a truly arresting image showing flames leaping up from the water, completely engulfing a ship, was actually from a much more serious fire in November of 1952. Uh, No picture of the 69 River Fire is known to exist. Throughout much of Cleveland's history, water pollution did not trouble the city's residents uh, very much. Instead, water pollution was viewed as a necessary consequence of the industry that had brought prosperity to the city. This attitude began to change in the 1960s as ideas associated with what would become known as environmentalism took shape. In 1969, it just goes on and on about (laughs) the different river fires that have happened. So, yeah. And I just want to give an update on the Great Molasses Flood. Oh, okay, yeah. Also known as the Boston Molasses Disaster. Should we look up Mrs. O'Leary's cow while we're here, Danny? Sure. (laughs) Um, That was our great, great aunt. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. The Boston Molasses Disaster sounds like a lyric that would be in this song. It does. 
It occurred on January 15, 1919 in the North End neighborhood of Boston. A large storage tank filled with 2.3 million U.S. gallons of molasses Whoa. burst. And the resultant wave of molasses rushed through the streets at, at, at an estimated 35 miles per hour killing 21 people and injuring 150. Oh my gosh. The event entered local folklore, which is how I know about it, and residents claimed for decades afterwards that the area still smelled of molasses on hot summer days, which I have never experienced myself, but I have heard you know people talk about that. When you go into the wow. city for like a school trip, you'd be like, and over here, it still smells like molasses. <laughs> Whatever they'd say. And I was trying to figure out if there's any songs or things that I've heard of. Um... But I don't recognize this particular list of things that they mention. Is it wrong that I'm craving molasses now? No, I guess not. So yeah, that's that's a little bit of my history. Nice. My Boston history. That's what I'd be singing about in this uplifting song is a horrible disaster that killed 25 people. Jeez. No, I guess I wouldn't. Uh. I could talk about when Atlanta burned. It's just fire. There's nothing quirky about that. <laughs> True. <laughs> I can't think of anything that happened in Florida. Things happen in Florida every, every day. day. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, do I have, any, other, do I have <laughs> any more notes about this song? Um, My deep dive was super short. This week, I just came up that with oh, okay. um, that there is an Australian children's book called Mrs. Papadopoulos's Purple Hippopotamuses. I think I've heard of that. It's the only other thing that came up, so. Yeah. Does Denny want to weigh in on that? No. <laughs> Denny's, <laughs> Denny's asleep right now. Oh, right, because of the time change. Yeah, in not at all, because I have horrible back pain, and I'm just not up for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just looking at that Reddit post. And this person had posted, uh, Onward Unknowing, three years ago, said, My friend and I have determined that the line containing the title, Mrs. Hippopotamus, is, that, the, that the title sound, that the, <laughs> I don't understand how they open this sentence, but they're basically saying they thought the line was, Mrs. Hippopotamus is out of water park admission, which makes sense given the following line. However, we don't actually know what Mrs. Hippopotamus is itself refers to. We've tried to Google it, and there's been surprisingly little help. Any ideas or knowledge out there? Thank you. And then they wrote, edit. I'm now hearing park condition. I don't know what to think anymore. And then it says, edit number two. Thanks, BT Crick, for clearing up that the actual line Matt Hoop said is Otter Water Park admission. Um, yeah, and then there's just a little conversation underneath. But yeah. It, it's so odd. I didn't. I didn't realize that there's no air for free official lyrics out there. Yeah. At least if there's a lyric video for any of the other air for free songs that we have or have not talked about yet, to realize that the majority of the album doesn't have a lyric booklet. That there's not one in the yeah, CD. Yeah, I think there was an official one for Bummin' Maybe. Okay. I thought maybe because it's a maxi pack or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what the maxi something digi pack. Digipack, because it's a Digipack CD, not Digimon again. <laughs> I'm talking about Digimon, but because it's a cardboard paper CD sleeve, I thought maybe the booklet would be inside this side. Right. 
but it's not that side's glued together. I remember when I had um, the Get Up Kids something to write home about. That was a, one of the early CDs that I had that was in a digipack cardboard CD case, proprietary CD case. And I didn't realize there was a booklet inside. It was like this, where it's like flat cardboard and you... If and the, if you kind of lift it up this way, there was a booklet in there, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that there was a booklet in there. <laughs> and a friend, I think it was Johnny, one day like took the he had the CD in his hand and we were driving, listening to it. And he took the booklet out and I'm like, "There's a booklet in there." <laughs> and then I told the Get Up Kids one day, I'm like, because they had a CD signing at Newberry Comics, and I don't remember what year specifically, but before their last album came out. They had an in-store appearance and a CD signing. And I said, you guys got to stop putting everything out in digipacks because <laughs> if those get ripped or torn or fall in water, like they're destroyed. And I don't know. But I'm just saying Guilt Show came out in a proper CD jewel case in 2004. Well, so we all have you to thank for that. We all have me to thank for that or to curse if you like if you liked having those digipacks. Oh, another thing was the call of OHIO yeah. is like a thing. It's like a local Ohio thing that they do as like a greeting. I read, I don't remember if it was on that same sort of Reddit thread or if it was on something else or on a blog post is or it something. Part of, is it part of the here we go brownies, here we go? Or did he mix those two together? I don't know. I think we'll hear it. get that far. I don't remember now, but we'll have that live video to check out and see what was up in that. Yeah. Oh, and then... This, I don't know if this is completely off, whatever. I found one really like random Tumblr post that said some people, when you say OH, reply hippo. Oh. But one place. I only found this one place. Oh. On the internet. So. Oh, because hippo, the word Ohio is in the word hippo. I mean, not. It's not an actual anagram, right? but I'm just saying the letters of the word Ohio are in the word hippo. Interesting. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that, that's a good, that's, did you, yeah, we got to look into that. Yeah. That's so, that's an interesting thing to realize, which kind of reminds me, and we're going to get into covers later, but J.C. Keith, the band that John Savage is a member and John Savage has communicated with us and stuff. They've been working on their Air for Free full tribute album. And, you know, they've been releasing songs every couple months, I guess, as they're working up towards doing the whole album. And their cover, which we'll play, which we'll play later, but I'll just mention this because it makes me think of the, the that Ohio hippo thing made me think of it. Their cover, they did an odd change up with the title. And I messaged, I messaged John Savage himself. And you see how they changed the title a little bit? Oh, they yeah. Put, they put parentheses around the T-A-M-U towards the end of the word hippopotamuses. And I was like, what's the deal with that? I didn't get it. I didn't understand. So I emailed John, I uh, DM John Savage, and he explained that it's in reference to Texas A&M University. Ah. Because they, I did notice that they changed the lyrics to be about the cowboys at the end. Oh, cool, I guess cool. Because I they're gotcha. from Texas or they care about Texas one or the other. I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> But I don't think John Savage, I think I could look at the actual DMs, which we'll do when we get to talking about the song. But my point is, it's funny, they found, that was super clever, I thought, like, when they did that. Because, like, they care about Texas A&M University, and they found those letters in the yeah, song title. So they called great. it out, which yeah. felt like a very Reliant K, yeah. Matt Thiessen thing to do. Yeah. Which now makes me wonder, 
if the hippopotamus this thing is because the letters of Ohio are in the word hippo. Could be. Could be. And so, like misses, hippopotamuses, it yeah. ends in misses. Yeah. So it's like... It starts and ends in misses. Yeah. And then Ohio's kind of in the middle. Right. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. My back still hurts. <laughs> so... David Ketch, if you're still listening, how many times has Danny mentioned his back in this episode? I'm just kidding. You don't I have to go back. It's been four. four. It's been yeah. four. So I guess we can get into fan stuff and covers then anyway, right? Let's do it. Okay. So before we do covers, real quick, let's see what we had. No, we have the, the official stuff to talk about. Yes. So as I mentioned, this is on the live album. And let's play a little bit of that and see how it compares. a fun it's fun and it's dancey mm-hmm. but the, just the production like i said of the album version elevated this song so much higher and yeah. it's still fun to hear a live and version and they do capture a little bit of that like with the piano that like do 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 thing at the beginning but it's just not as as rich and as full as on the album and especially on this live version you hear the thing i was talking about the uh the christopher walken <laughs> thing that he kind of does Ow! <laughs> and it's also kind of odd on the live version where they go oh and there's no io because he goes oh to ya that's the part that i that's the part i definitely did not understand until we started looking at the lyrics that he's saying i owe it to ya but he's slurring it in such a manner that it's purposefully trying to kind of conflate it with the io part mm-hmm. but it's very strange i find it very strange when I first saw that that was the lyric, uh, when the opening lyric is, I owe it to you, I didn't believe it. Because you had told me that there were conflicting song lyrics on the different lyric sites. So when I saw, I owe it to you, I was like, nah, that's just someone got that wrong. <laughs> but it seems like that's really the lyric. Yeah. Yeah. Man, do you know what's better than knowing where you come from? Knowing where you're going. A feeling, knowing what's inside your heart. And <laughs> that's an MXPX lyric. There's nothing quite like being sure of what's inside your heart. It's mostly simple, but not so easy to know just where you start. It starts. Something starts. I should have known that that aside, random aside, would just spark an MXPX lyric conversation. (laughs) Or that it just kind of petered out at the end because I'm in such horrible pain. (laughs) So I want to play this whole intro. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at your pain, Danny. I know you're not. 
So here they played it in 2015. I don't remember if it actually says where it was. Cleveland. So Cleveland, 2015. They played it. Uh, the uploader, Ethan. Don't think it's Ethan Luck. But this person also uploaded a bunch of the um, podcast, the video podcast episodes from oh, nice. yeah. from the Forget Not Slow Down time. And they, he uploaded the a uh, couple of live videos from this 2015 Cleveland performance and wrote new song. So, again, I don't know if this is the first time they played it, but it's like the earliest one I found on YouTube. And I want to play the entire explanation intro thing because I think it's pretty funny. So we're gonna play one more new one, and then we're gonna go back to the not new ones. Um, this song, I, I call it dumb all the time. This is the cardboard kids are gonna help us sing this one. But it's not dumb because it's about the Cleveland Browns. It's funny, it's like, uh, you're, you're writing an album, you're like, I need to write about stuff that's important to me, and I'm like, what's important to me? It's not the same old thing. It's like, oh, the Browns are important to me. I mean, it's football, it's not that important, but... Yeah, right? So, uh... Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. They don't. They're, I don't think the crowd realizes the part of the crowd that's doing that chant doesn't know that that's literally, yeah. literally going to be in the song. Uh, you guys can hear. You guys can sing along. This is cool. Um, but this song's also. Yeah, he said you guys can sing yeah. along. He's like, yeah, you already. He didn't say you know the words, but you'll be able to sing along. Uh, so let's continue listening and then hear the oh, first part. It's about growing up in Ohio. It's about. Uh, yeah. I'm from Tuscarawas County. That's the most excited I've ever heard anyone describe growing up in Ohio. In Tuscarora, Tusca, Tusca, what do you say? Where does he live? Tuscawilla. Tuscawilla County. No, I just mean, I just. Hold on, I'll rewind. <laughs> no, it's a place in Florida. Oh. <laughs> this one's also about growing up in Ohio. It's about. Woo! <laughs> Tuscaratus. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ohio. I can't hear over the girls going, yeah, counties. Do you know what I realized? What? So I should have had my friend who I went to my first Reliant K show with, I should have had her call in or something because oh. she's from Ohio oh. and moved back to Ohio. <laughs> if I haven't talked to her in a couple of years, so it'd be weird if I'm just like, hi, do you want to just like be on my podcast? But she'd know why. <laughs> we went to a Reliant K show with her, didn't we? No. Oh, that's a different friend? Sorry, I dropped my phone. That's a different friend. That's a okay. different friend. Okay. Um, so let's finish getting through this clip. <laughs> um, this one, my sister's up there in the balcony. She has, she has two strapping young boys, and they both love the Cleveland Browns, and so I wrote this song kind of for them too. So uh, this one's called Mrs. Hippopotamuses. Um, you'll figure it out later.
H I O. So I don't know if this comes across in the audio, but honestly, when I watch this video, the band themselves, and you know, Air for Free has not come out yet, but the band for free, the, the band for free, the band themselves definitely feel like performing this song. They're not as confident as some of the other Looking for America tour footage and on the album itself. Like they're kind of, it, it feels like it's still being, they're still in the middle of practicing mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? This sounds like a really good practice to me when you match it up with the visuals. Because even uh, Hoops' kind of stage presence during the song, he, it looks a little, not unsure, but a little untested. Mm-hmm. The way that Hoops is kind of like performing the song visually. Yeah, whereas by the time they were doing like this with Looking for America, when we saw them, there was like a lot, it, there was a lot of energy in this song. Right. So, yeah, it's a good performance. And again, just like just like the live album, it's like an entirely different feeling to the song than either the live album or the studio album. But then, he, yeah, so here's, uh, here's them playing it in Cincinnati. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, right? It's sports. So, <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't realize it starts immediately when you start the clip. But here they are playing the song, I guess, around the same time in Cincinnati. And when he says the song's about the... I think he said the song's about the Cleveland Browns or something. But as soon as the video starts, they're saying this. And then you hear the crowd boo. So here it is again. We said something about the Bengals. Is that the name of the football team? And what's the other one? Cleveland? Question mark? I don't know. I don't know hashtag sports that well. And you know that I don't. (laughs) You can't be asking me questions like this. I'm sure if it was hockey, you would absolutely know the answers, but I just don't know. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, right? Sports. Oh yeah, sorry. I got my I got my Ohio City is messed up. Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah, I love that Tyson in that clip is then kind of controlling the crowd. He's like, "Hey, our team's so bad, and your team's so good, right? Your team's the best. Hey, you know who the best crowd is? You guys. Give yourselves a round of applause." So it's. I just found it funny that like they're booing. My, funny. Yeah, I'm in pain. <laughs> And then here's a little clip where Matt Hoops talks to uh, Matt Hoops talks to WLT no WJTL Radio, uh, Christian radio station. This is from two years ago. This is from September 2017, um, and it's about Hoops and this radio DJ talk hashtag sports for a minute and fifty <laughs> seconds. They just talk about their sports teams and stuff and Cleveland's performances. And I don't understand anything they say. And then who just kind of anecdotally anecdotally says that they've got a song about loving where they're from and mentioning the Cleveland Browns and stuff. So here's, I forward, I fast forwarded to that moment. Not going to work out. Yeah. Matt, our singer is an enormous Browns fan as is Dave, our drummer. And they, I mean, just, Sunday afternoon, they like, yeah, they're like, where are we watching the game? You know, right. it's like a big deal to them. Uh, and so they, uh, you know, we even have a, a song that we had started working on. And Matt, Matt told me, I'm going to go home and write the lyrics to this song. And it's going to be about the Cleveland Browns. And I said, no way. And wow. sure enough, it was. Yeah. And that's uh, Mrs. Hippopotamus. Mrs. Hippopotamuses. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, is Hippopotamuses. Hippopotamuses is, yeah, is you, like, pre- uh, uh, what is that word? Uh, 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 it's got an extra, possessive. It's got an extra S 
yes. sound on the end. That's Possessive. what we DJs yeah. call it. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the band themselves doesn't even seem to know the name of the song. <laughs> it's such an odd little tongue twister yeah. made up phrase, yeah. made up words, that even Hoops is like, Mrs. Hippopotamus. <laughs> and I think in that Cincinnati clip, Tyson said something similar. So, yeah, so that's all the kind of official stuff. Now, there's this this fan lyric video, which was pretty cool up until a moment. So this was uploaded by Cesar, Cesar Grego, which is spelled C-S-A-S-Z-A-R, Gergo, G-E-R-G-O. Um, he made a pretty cool looking lyric video that actually has 8.2 thousand views three, uploaded three years ago. It's called Reliant K, Mrs. Hippopotamus' fan-made lyric video. And in the comments, they're like, this is so cool. Love the style of this and all that stuff. There's just one moment that I really didn't like. But basically, <laughs> I don't know if he bought stock footage. I don't know if he bought stock footage of like sort of around a town. I don't know if it's actually Ohio or whatever, but it's like a fall... It's like fall stock footage looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just Or he could like have gone tree. out and just like shot yeah. the stuff around. Always the cameras in one place doesn't move, just kinda gets ambient footage of a nice sunny fall day. And then it's this sort of animation on top of that. It's all just white ink sort of stuff. And it just kinda dances around the screen. Like little shapes and circles dance around the screen, little star shapes. Stuff like that. Well, the letter, you know, the lettering of the lyrics come in, but something happens with his little animation style on top of the footage that I really didn't like, and you'll see it in a second. So again, it's just like dancing lines along with the words. It looks really cool. Oh, but there's all these like squigglies going yeah, over it and neat. stuff. It's neat. This isn't the bad part yet. You'll know it when you see it, and then. That's cool. And then the O-H-I-O is actually the word spelled out animated. With these, yeah, Because most of the lyrics just look like font that he typed across and maybe put like a squiggle, after effect squiggle across mm-hmm. it to, to bring it in and bring it out. But clearly he actually drew some very simple but fun animation stuff. Here's what happens during the chorus. Oh, oh no! no. When he says, let's hear it for the Cleveland Browns, he drew a line drawing of Cleveland Brown from Family Guy. It's, it was like, and your reaction was exactly my reaction when I saw it. I was like, oh no. I get it's kind of funny because it's like a couple of things could be happening here. One, the guy who made the video might not actually know the Cleveland Browns are a sports team, which doesn't seem likely. Or he just did thought it was funny. Did you know the Cleveland Browns were a sports team? Were a hashtag sports team? I yeah. did know that, yes. I knew that the <laughs> Cleveland Browns were a hashtag sports team. But I just, they just, he threw in a line drawing of Cleveland Browns' face. And I was like, maybe he just did this because he thought it was funny and cute. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, at the very least, I would have thought it was funny if he did it only for the, like the last verse. Like, do it at the end, you know right. what I mean? But, like, it almost looks like an official lyric video. Yeah, it's really not, It's really pretty, and it looks really great, and then that does kind of I would take say, away from that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, because I would say, like, the Don't Blink lyric video, while that is very 
calming and nice and beautiful it is pretty simple like the the director of that video and it's the official video just went out with his wife and rode around on a nice summer day on a bicycle that's a very simple like a lot almost anyone can put that video together in in iMovie on their phone right this took like a lot of little and like he must have drawn on some sort of pad and then keyed in the animations that he's drawing so there's obviously an extra layer of artistic talent going into this lyric video, and it could almost be the official lyric video for the song. Yeah. Except he threw in a drawing of a Family Guy character, <laughs> right. which just doesn't doesn't feel like the spirit of the song. Because I'm not a we're not Family Guy fans. No. That show's just so nihilistic and not funny. It's just so bad. It's just yeah. uh, you know the early seasons were like fun for what they were and everything. But like it just when got... I was a teen in the mid 2000s, yeah. it was fun. The first three seasons were fun, right? But that show is. But just... then after that, yeah, it was show, not fun. We, we don't find that show fun. <laughs> and if I rewatched funny. it now, I feel like I probably wouldn't think most of it was funny. Even right. the first three seasons, I think it's kind of like you had to be in it at that time, right. for it to be. But know. also, like they probably didn't. <laughs> this is just a fan video, so they didn't clear the drawing of Cleveland Brown. <laughs> right. But like. Yeah, it almost looked like an actual Reliant K lyric video if they didn't do that. And as I was saying, I wouldn't have minded. They do. He does it for every time. He says, let's hear it for the Cleveland Browns. He draws Cleveland Browns. Is the Cleveland show still on? No. No. I actually accidentally looked, found that out. <laughs> Double checking. I was like, oh, his, his name's Cleveland Brown. I remembered it was called the Cleveland show. Right. But I was like, oh, his name's Cleveland Brown. Okay. Weird that they, I never kind of connected that. I don't think I ever knew his last name. And I guess his last name is like a slightly racist joke. Which I thought maybe I he was named after the, the Cleveland. I, well, I thought maybe he was just named after the Cleveland it's like Browns. A double, it's like a triple like entendre, the, yeah. not a sexual entendre. It's like a triple <laughs> joke. So whatever. Your mind is already like, they're terrible people. So clearly they meant the terrible thing. And I'm like, no, they probably meant like the sport. <laughs> yeah, It was probably a double. Like I said, it was probably a double thing. Um, especially later. I mean, you could absolutely assume it's the terrible racist one if you're talking about later in the season, but I guess later in the show's history, but no, we're talking about when it first started. Whatever. Here's just some footage of a family in 2017 on their Ohio vacation. I thought that said skeleton family, but it said skeleton. It says Ohio 2017 skeleton family trip. Trip. Talk about editing something in iMovie on your phone. I'm pretty sure that's what this is because I recognize that text animation. <laughs> like Red Skeleton, Cincinnati Reds. It all comes back around. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> I can't believe you're making these connections. You're really cracking the code. So I'll say of this family music video, this is uploaded by Jay Pine. It's only got 86 views. I'll say for the first, like, couple of seconds of the video the mom and dad don't really know what to shoot it's like all the most yeah. boring stuff it's like them at the gas station well, and that's them cute it sets up a narrative i understand i understand but i'm just saying once they get they actually go to a theme park they go to some oh, yeah. sort of rinky dink looking tiny it's called the memphis kitty park which is that in ohio or are they driving out of ohio I just realized it's called the Memphis Kitty Park, and yeah. it's a bunch of little rides. And when I said rinky-dink, I meant in a quaint way. I, it's just obvious, <laughs> but it's obviously a very small. I don't want to back. Hurts. Just like I didn't, yeah. Just like I offended Lagwagon fans, including David Par- uh, David Ketch. <laughs> I didn't do yeah, many Davids. Now you just you just insulted him again. <laughs> I did not. Too many Davids. Well, speaking of David Park, there was one video. 
which this <laughs> I put I went to a lot of effort on that doesn't didn't pay off in the end at all. Oh no. <laughs> and that was that, but it does lead into another weird conversation about YouTube and this song that I can talk about. But um the not weird part is that I found by trying to search through the copyright disclaimers that YouTube themselves places on the song when it identifies content IDs a song. I searched for Mrs. Hippopotamus is that way. And I came across this live stream of a person playing Sonic Mania. It's a four hour live stream on YouTube. Wow. Where they play Sonic Mania for about two hours. Then they draw their fursonas, which is like what you call when you're furry, the furry that you are in your mind. Is that the part that reminded you of David Park? <laughs> yes, of course. No. No, but no. They so they, they draw their fursona for they draw their fursona for about two hours. And at the end for like ten minutes or so I know this the math doesn't equal four hours, but just for about ten minutes they play a couple covers on the ukulele. Let me get the name of the person. And they were, they were also trans because at different points they were, and this is why I brought up David Park, because I have this four hour stream that I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to even watch it at two, two times speed because it's a really long video, but I know Mrs. Hippopotamus is in here somewhere. So I'm flipping all through the video. I'm like, okay, it's probably not when they're playing Sonic Mania. So I look specifically at when they're drawing and I land on Jimmy, they're listening to some Jimmy World. And when the Jimmy World song comes on, they're like, ooh, Jimmy World, because I guess they had their songs on shuffle. And it's like, I was like, oh, wasn't, I can't remember what song it was right now. I saved it for David Park to hear. But they're like, oh, isn't this, I think it might have been the middle. It was one of their big, one of Jimmy World's big, big songs. They're like, oh, didn't Jimmy World come out later and say that this song is kind of about trans rights or something? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess, maybe, I don't know. But then I'm like, but if they're giving their specific background about Jimmy World, and this person on this live stream, I'm like, I gotta find where they played Reliant K because they might talk about Reliant K and maybe they'll talk about it from the point of view of like being a trans person. And this could be very interesting. Yeah. So I click and I keep clicking at random because there's no way I'm going to find it except to click at random all across the timeline. I finally find it. It just plays in the background while they're drawing their persona, persona, and then they don't say anything about Reliant K. Oh no. So it was a total waste of time. But I did find it, and the YouTube video, or this the the YouTube stream, was by Snapchat too. It's called Sonic Mania with Ryan and drawing my fursona. Um, nice. Yeah, so right on. But that leads me into this other very odd thing, where this song played in the background of this person's live stream and was properly identified by YouTube content ID and labeled as Mrs. Hippopotamuses. But almost any other video on YouTube that has the song Mrs. Hippopotamuses without the proper license, mm -hmm. when content ID puts that tag there, it doesn't say it's Mrs. Hippopotamuses. It thinks it's the song Man. Oh, like weird. Like content ID has it wrong. Huh. It's, I, like, mislabeled or something in their system. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, this is my notes. Except wrote, for that one lone one that they were like, this is Mrs. Yeah, Hippopotamus. exactly. That was the really weird part is that I only... Because when I did my copyright content ID search that I talked about in a previous episode, I think it was Devastation Reform, I was like, oh, I'll find some deep cut YouTube stuff that has the song, but, you know, didn't label it in the title or description of their video. No, I only found the one. I'm like, that's really surprising that I only found the one four-hour 
furry Sonic the Hedgehog stream. <laughs> and then when I looked at like the lyric video that we just played, it said YouTube copyright disclaimer said this song is called Man by Reliant K. Huh. Like, no, it's not. And then I looked at videos that were labeled as Reliant K Man. And those were labeled as Cat. Oh, no. And then I went and I looked at songs <laughs> for Cat, videos that had the song Cat labeled. But they were copyright written as Sleepin'. Oh, it's not even in order. No. It's not in any sort of order. It's just all random. And then I went and I looked, at, I looked at fan videos made of Sleepin', and they were labeled as Sleepin'. Okay. <laughs> so the trail ended there. But it's just it was just so bizarre. Interesting. I hadn't ever noticed that before in any other time. I mean, it might have been the case, but only recently did I start realizing I need to look at those YouTube copyright disclaimers that get yeah. set in a video when Content ID nags you, uh, nabs you. So then we have... So now we'll get into covers, and I can go <laughs> curl up and die because my back hurts so bad. So this is um, Sad Bird Piano Tutorials, one of those piano tutorial videos that we've seen before. Uh and we can, it's it's kind of a cover because it's like a little electric piano version since Piano Dreamers don't care about air for free songs. <laughs> Are the Piano Dreamers still around? I don't know. Maybe they broke up or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But here is Sad, Sad Bird Piano Tutorials video tutorial on how to play this song. feel like i'm playing an atari game or something <laughs> a little bit i guess a little bit maybe like an n64 game yeah it's that it's that sort of like on the on the the like precipice of melancholy piano right maybe a zelda yeah. game yeah an n64 yeah. zelda game well there's that and then we talked about it but yes jc keith has their cover which is mrs hippo po hyphen uh parentheses Tamu, close parentheses, misses. Again, <laughs> that's how they titled it. Right on. And this is their cover. sounds good it sounds fun good stuff, yeah it's yeah. really good. i like it i also love and, their album art on yeah. here it's very uh it's very employee of the month ep yes it's very reminiscent yeah. of employee of the month i think the idea might be that it's like a cork board of their things from their summer yeah it's maybe. cool maybe that's the idea because it says like student of the month patch and then like a cassette tape is or something it says jc keith volume three in a ring and like a, like a classroom Polaroid maybe picture. Or, yeah. yeah it's cool 
Then, like I said earlier, they change this the final verse to reference the Cowboys, and here's that. I'm living simple, got a chance to let it all take place. Watch the light around you, set some up upon your face. I swear I feel it in me, I'm telling you it's true. Putting in those light cuss words into a Reliant K cover. <laughs> <laughs> they said damn. Reliant K wouldn't say that. But yeah, they just changed up the lyrics to yeah, that's be fun. about I like that. Texas, AMU, and the Cowboys and all that. I have a question. If yeah. you guys went to Texas A&M, after you won the big football game, did you get to go to the chicken ranch? Oh, is that what the school was? <laughs> or are you just saying because it's it was Texas? What, no, it's whatever the two, the it's whatever little, the two the big Texas. movie, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, starring <laughs> Burt Reynolds and uh, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. It's, it's whatever the two big Texas schools are. Texas oh. A&M was one of them, and I can't remember what the other one was. Okay. The U- University of Texas, maybe? I don't right. remember what the two teams were. Right. <laughs> so whoever wins the, the big game that year gets to go have their pick of the ladies at the chicken ranch. <laughs> That's such a bizarre movie. I love that movie so much. <laughs> There's a scene that takes place at Thanksgiving. And so for a couple Thanksgivings, I've been like, we have to watch this on Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving movie. And Danny's like, we're not watching a movie about prostitutes with your parents. <laughs> like, but it's Dolly Parton. It's fine. It's fun. I understand this, the sentiment behind it is that it's not like they're not, they're not, they're not like, these are all women who have turned to prostitution. <laughs> it's like a fun place. Everyone goes on down to the chicken. I get it. I get the tone of the play that became the movie. It's its own thing, but it's just so bizarre. There's no drinking allowed. They get a nice, quiet crowd. That's the funny part. Is there a, as it can be. It's a, it's a, it's a family friendly movie about a house of prostitution. <laughs> it's not that the movie, it's well, the movie itself. There's you know, a little bit of nudity in there. Yeah, except for the nudity and the theme. It's almost a family friendly movie. And the part that I just love is like the sentiment of the film. It is like there's nothing dirty going on. There's nothing dirty going on. They're just ha- having sex for money. And she's like, I don't <laughs> want tattoos. They're downright tacky. It's like, but you know, sex for money. That's not tacky. I'm not judging. The chicken ranch is an institution, Danny. I understand. Miss Mona has her no-no rules and the girls abide by them. Of course. Well, somehow we move on from that to the last cover, which is this group of kids. They're like all high school and younger. No, they're probably high school. And they're playing Mrs. Hippopotamuses. I that guess. last segment was not safe for the little ears, was no, it? No, it wasn't. Oops. But this is so funny that there's this cover by this like group of teens in like a very wholesome teens in a backyard, and they've uploaded the video twice. Is there a big lizard back there? No. Can't afford to feed but him look, anymore. This is this is where they're playing. In like, oh, okay. In like sort of a tent thing <laughs> yeah. over them. With a with you know a real it's very like backyard barbecue yeah like show. a real pedestrian sort of sound system like a church sound travel sound system not like a proper you know rock band sound system like the the speakers are up on those sticks and everything right and you can see this video from two different angles 
You can see it right oh, up wow, front, nice. or you can see it from far away like that. Oh, we got some proud parents. That's great. Yeah. And here's the cover. I love this. This is amazing. I do too. I was grooving. I love it. Like that wood block in there. Every version of this song that exists, which now, right now, there's main, uh, there's the proper Air for Free album. There's the live version. There's versions of the band playing it live that weren't on the album. And there's the two covers, JC Keith and this group of kids. Every version sounds slightly different. Mm-hmm. Like every version from a production standpoint, they've made it a completely different song because it is such a That's rich yeah. song that when you get a certain group of people together, it's going to sound different every time. No one can make an exact one-to-one cover of this song. It's impossible. And that's kind of what's fun about the song is J.C. Keith's version is the song, but it sounds exact. It sounds completely different from Air for Free. And even J.C. Keith's version sounds completely different from these kids in the summertime yeah. playing this version. But just what, what this version has over J.C. Keith is that this has the visuals of these wholesome kids in a summer afternoon yep. <laughs> under an, in what appears to be like a youth group church tent playing this song to no audience. When you look at the further back one, I guess like everyone's standing real far back from the band. Oh. So like, and they're like playing. Well, they wanted to keep out of the mosh pit, Dan. Right. And they're playing alongside like a driveway. If you look from here, they're like, oh, yeah. they're playing in a driveway, I think, actually. So it's great. I love it. That is, one version is uploaded by K-Money. And it's just called Mrs. Hippopotamus's cover. It's only got 85 views. And then the other one is uploaded by k Manaki. Board zero seven two four. Okay. And this one is called Mrs. Hippopotamus's by Reliant K cover only one hat. So I guess this band might be called Only One Hat, but apparently K Monet and K Money may or may not be the same person. <laughs> yeah. I like strange. that multi-angle experience though. Yeah. Good stuff. And that's Mrs. Hippopotamus's. So we'll see you. When we're moved to Ohio, oh. where we live in a tree and we work in a nasal ge- decongestion factory. <laughs> and every day we play on the company bowling team when they let bowling happen again. Well, if you want to tell us what your fursona is, you can give us a call <laughs> at 402-95-SADIE. Yes. You can email us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sadie Hawkins Pod. I don't know what the Facebook thing is. I guess Facebook.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod. Go to Facebook and search Sadie Hawkins Pod. Yeah. I think that's all you do. <laughs> Thanks, and we hope you all are staying safe and healthy out there. Yes. And if anyone has any good back drugs they can recommend. <laughs> <laughs> We're now taking Patreon memberships by payment of drugs for back pain. 402 <laughs> 95